Hey, this is Pastor Hubbard. I'm the pastor of Connecting Fellowship and welcome to Life on the Ship. Thank you for joining us. I pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living God. Enjoy the message. chapter 27. I want to break right into this passage on today because for the sake of time there's no way that I would be able to properly read for you the entire context here. But it begins in Acts chapter 27. Paul uh, has an assignment that and an appointment in Rome. In fact, he's scheduled to stand trial for being a proclaimer of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he has an appointment, an assignment to meet Caesar in Rome to present his case. And so we begin in Acts chapter 27 with him first getting on a boat journeying some distance and the seas were calm. They make land. They put him now on an Egyptian ship for the remaining portion of the journey. And before they embark upon the second part of this journey, Paul goes to the captain of the ship and he says to the captain, Captain, I don't think it would be wise for us to get on these waters at this time (laughs) and in this season. The Bible would tell us that the captain disregarded Paul's sound advice because Paul is a prisoner (laughs) and he's not an official on this ship. Y'all not going to talk to me right now. In a very real sense. He tells Paul, Paul, you be a prisoner. (laughs) And I'll be the captain of this ship. And the book says that they set sail. First day, everything was good. Second day, all is well. But then the wind started blowing. Started howling started raining. Like Gilligan's Islands, the ship started getting tossed. (laughs) The tiny ship was swamped. And here it is where we find ourselves in this text. In Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse number 18, I want to read just for our hearing today, just three verses. You'll find these words. The next day, somebody say the next day. As gale force winds continue to batter the ship, listen to what the crew began. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, somebody say the following day. They even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. 
Verse 20 says, The terrible storm raged for many days. In fact, we would discover, scholars tell us, that this storm lasted a period of 14 days. Somebody say many days. I want you to hear the backdrop of what's happening during this storm. The storm was so terrible, my friend, that the Bible says that it blotted out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Would you look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, Pastor Heaven's going to talk about Don't lose hope. Amen. You can be seated. Don't lose hope. I want to leave you with these three thoughts. And I want to encourage you on Wednesday evening in remote locations, join us for the after party as we continue this dynamic discussion on why we ought not to lose hope in storms. I'm telling you today that I won't finish this message. But I want to leave three things with you. Number one is don't lose hope. Number two, keep up your courage. And then number three, have faith in God. Those are the three things I want to leave you with on today. And I want to encourage you in your own private times, read the remainder of Acts chapter number 27 and ease on into 28. And you'll see how this fits. The past few weeks we have wrestled with this important question, and that is, can you stand the rain? We have heard the words of our Lord where he served as a divine meteorologist, informing believer and unbeliever, saved and unsaved, rich and poor, that rain will fall into each life. Are y'all in here? We have observed on the spiritual weatherboard of our lives that your connection to Christ will not keep you out of the storm. And we have identified that even your obedience to Christ will not exempt you from the storms of life. Then finally, we will today examine that our courageous efforts will not even get us out of storms. Because winds will blow. The rain will fall. And the storms will come into our lives. Amen. Say amen when you can. Amen. We have also seen the significance of building our lives on a firm foundation. All right. We've even seen the power of taking Jesus with us last week everywhere that we go. But not only that, but we've also discovered that if God is not bothered by the storm, then my brothers and sisters do not allow the storm to bother you. I said, say amen when you can. But today I want to encourage somebody who's going through a storm that seems endless. I want to embolden and empower somebody who 
wants to give up because the rain just keeps on falling. Everywhere you turn, you can feel the precipitations of life (laughs) falling on you. In fact, you cannot even remember the last time you felt the warm rays of the sun. I'm not talking about Texas heat, y'all. But I'm talking about the rain, the, 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 the sunny shining, the shining and the, the warm sun of God's blessings. Yeah. And all you know is that the rain just keeps on falling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The wind just keeps on blowing. Right. Yeah. And the storm just keeps on intensifying. Yeah. That, my brothers and sisters, is the tension, yes, that we find in our text. And I text the Apostle Paul along with the officers and crew on this ship. Some 246 men find themselves in an intense storm. Mm -hmm. The ship has been battered by gale force winds and the weather day by day is getting worse. Scholars again remind us that for 14 straight days they have been battled by the storm of the century. For 14 days, they have been hit with the perfect storm. And Luke, the author of the book of Acts, records this terrible storm that raged so many days until he says that it blotted out the sun and the stars until, here it is, all hope was gone. You need to understand that when Paul and 246 other men started out on this voyage, on this journey to Rome, the seas were calm. The waters were smooth and they were conducive to sailing, but the weather changed abruptly. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but uh, I need to insert this major theological insight uh, into this message today. And that is your life will not always be smooth sailing. I wish I had some help here. I wish I had at least one or two people who would testify that life will not always be smooth sailing. In fact, in fact, it was that, yes, yesteryear President Franklin Delano Roosevelt who said that a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. (laughs) Y'all, y'all not going to help me today. And, And I'm concerned that too many of us have bought into the lie of a smooth life. We don't want any problems in this life. We don't want to experience any pain in this life. We do not want to deal with perplexing predicaments and problems. But I've been sent as God's heavenly messenger to tell somebody life will not always be smooth sailing. The waters and the waters of life change and sometimes they change abruptly and sometimes they change without warning. Sometimes they change unexpectedly and sometimes they change suddenly. But my brothers and sisters, one thing is sure, they will change. I wish I had some help here. You, anybody can testify you go from being healthy to being sick. You go from being empty to having a po- uh, go from being full to, to empty. You go from having a pocket full of money to wondering how you're going to make it. Lord have mercy. Yeah. I said you will go from your honeymoon to relational hardships. Life will not always be smooth sailing. Cataclysmic storms will <laughs> come out of nowhere and when you least suspect it. And I text. And our text, and our text, Paul, along with 246 other men, 
I've been in the storm for many days. I said for many days. 14 days. 14 days, y'all. Uh, we, we've dealt with some one-day storms. We barely handled it. We was out lights and water for a few days and we almost lost our minds. Can I get a witness here? Some were ready to move to another city, relocate, to try to stay out of storms because, because the one that we're in, even though it was short, it was too long for them. But here it is. Here it is. The book said 14 days. They're in a storm. They don't know how they're going to get out of it. Storm was so intense, so the storm was storm was so strong, the storm was so severe, the storm was so powerful until the Bible says that it blotted out the sun. Blotted out the stars. I don't know about you, but I've been in some other darkness in my life. I said I've been in some. First time when I was in uh first time when I was in other darkness, I was a I was a child. Fell asleep in church. That ain't funny, y'all. I ain't been to sleep since then. I want you to know that. But the first time I was in church and fell asleep and, and uh, only to open my eyes to black darkness. The lights were off. And the people were gone. The building was closed. And there I was, a child in utter darkness. Second time I found myself in utter darkness was in Killeen, Texas, at uh, an army post called Fort Hood. The Marines oftentimes would borrow their facility to do some some training, and and here I am there conducting training missions. And one day we were being led by an incompetent captain <laughs> who led us into an impact zone. And in the impact zone, my brothers and sisters, I, I'm a witness that there's no light in the impact zone. Just blackness. Strange sounds. And usually at night, you can navigate by the stars, but and at night you can see the stars, but there are times when darkness is so thick until you cannot see the light of day. And we found ourselves in utter darkness. And when you are in utter darkness, the ugly head of fear appears. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in the ugly head of fear? Have you ever had fear to knock on your door, ring your doorbell, ask to borrow your car and drive? Because in a very real sense, uh, fear is a very real emotion that can render us powerless. And if we'll be honest, much of our power is to be found in the choices we make and the actions we take because every choice will either lead us down a familiar path or propel us towards a new future. But if you are not careful, without warning, fear can take over. And when there's so much turmoil in our hearts and in our heads, it's easy to lose faith in God. When we have been blindsided by the storms of this life, they can leave us in the darkness of anger, the darkness filled with grief, the darkness of hurt, and the darkness of sadness. Because, my brothers and sisters, every day we are confronted with choices we have made or we must deal with the choices of others that can shape our future. 
Did I not tell you that Paul is in this predicament because of his own personal choice to serve the Lord? <laughs> but then he's in this storm because of the incompetencies of a captain. He didn't make that choice to get on the sea that day. Somebody else made it for him. And Paul is in custody because of the choice he made to follow Christ. And yet, here is Paul in a violent storm because of the choices others have made. Is there anybody here who can testify that some of the storms you were in were not your choosing? That they did not come because you did something wrong that, or you did something right. They did something because of you're in a storm because of the choices that somebody else made. Parents find themselves in choices, in storms because of the choices that they children make. Yeah. Husbands find themselves and wives find themselves in predicaments because of the choices. Like, y'all not going to help me. Because of one of the spouses make. Uh-huh. The Bible says that these experienced sailors, after many days of being battered by a terrible storm, let the darkness of fear have its way. Uh-huh. And the book says, They give up hope of survival. No Red Cross to the rescue. No naval army to the rescue. No other ship that could see their signal to the rescue. They've been battered by the storm. And now the storm has raged on for 14 days and they are confused by internal doubt. Their confidence has shrank in the face of adversity. And in my spiritual imagination, I can see them hiding when they should have been seen. I see them with their mouths closed when their voices needed to be heard. And my brothers and sisters, fear, do you not know that fear will have have you to choose what you believe will keep you safe yeah. even when the opposite is true That's right. Bible says that they began throwing cargo overboard yes, sir. and when that did not work mm. the Bible says that the next day mm-hmm. <laughs> they took the ship's gear and threw it overboard yes, I, I don't know who I'm talking to but you can try to get rid of a whole lot of stuff But that won't necessarily cause the winds to die down. Lord have mercy. Who am I talking to today? Fear will have you doing irrational things. Can I get a witness here? Fear will have you believing that you cannot make it. You cannot be healed. You cannot overcome. You cannot survive. You cannot recover. And you will not be saved. Fear will have you believing the cost is too high. And the path ahead is too difficult. Fear will tell you, just go ahead and die. Hmm. But these are the kind of lies that fear, that keep fear in power. Mm-hmm. And you still in your storm. Yes, sir. These are the lies that breed mediocrity. These are the lies that guarantee you an unfulfilled life. These are the lies that you must confront if you are going to bypass a predictable future and leap into an unpredictable yet yeah. infinitely beautiful future. Yes, sir. With great persuasiveness, fear disguises itself with the voice of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Filling you with worry, filling you with doubt, filling you with dread. And I come by to tell somebody that fear will keep you in a loop mm-hmm. 
Yes, of self-doubt. Self-criticism. I said it to keep you in the loop. Because every time that fear wins, you lose. Every time you choose fear, you lose sight of who your God is. You fall prey to be being controlled by your history rather than rising to the future that God has for you. Fear, fear will scream, let go. Fear will scream, give up. Fear will scream, admit defeat. <laughs> fear will taunt you, my brothers and sisters, telling you that you won't make it. And it, it, it is fear that happily reminds you of all the things that you tried and did not make it to where you wanted to go. Fear, Lord have mercy, is that monotonous monologue that was instilled in you from an incredibly early age. Fear was built into your human operating system. Right. Always spouting his warnings. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve it. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. And instead of standing up for yourself and shouting back, you must not know about my God. Because the Bible says greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. You got to learn how to shout back. God has not given me the spirit of fear. But power. I wish I had some help here. Love and a sound mind. You, you must shout back and tell your fears that this is the day the Lord has made. I know it's storming, but I'm still going to rejoice and be glad in it. Instead of bowing your head in shame, you ought to shout. We're hard pressed on every side. But we're not crushed. We might be perplexed, but we're not in despair. And we must learn how to battle the darkness of fear with scripture and win. If you don't take up the battle with fear and win with scripture, the voice of fear, my brothers and sisters, just gets louder and louder with each passing day of the storm. It gains strength like a tropical storm. And before you know it, the voice of fear has the force and the power of a hurricane sweeping through your life. Destroying all you've worked for, destroying all that you've ever believed in and, and, and everything that you've ever dreamed about it. Don't you see it in the text? The Bible says the storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun yeah. and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Oh, here are my brothers and sisters, the saddest four words in scripture. All hope was gone. People have died because they didn't have hope. And hope is an important thing, my brothers and sisters. Scripture informs us not to let go of our hope. The Bible tells us to hold fast to our hope. And the Bible reminds us to embrace our hope. We are taught in Scripture that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Somebody ought to shout, hope is important. Hope is an important asset in the Christian life. And when you are hoping, you are expecting. And when you are, hope is when you're expecting things to get better. I said hope will have you expecting things to improve. Hope would wake you up in the morning and cause you to uh, look at life uh, knowing that it's going to get better. And I want to argue like a prosecuting attorney that hope is therapeutic. 
I said it's therapeutic to have hope when one of the most depressing and saddest, saddest realities of life is one who has abandoned all hope. Yes, sir. Because it's hope that keeps you going. It's hope that keeps waking you up day after day. Yes, sir. I said it is hope that becomes the fuel in your engine of life. And I submit this day that whenever you are in the midst of a storm, hope is never more valuable. Never is hope any more crucial than when you find yourself tossed in the turbulence of a storm. I reminded you that God is omniscient, meaning that he knows everything. And the, but the beauty is that uh, there is nothing that escapes his all-seeing eye. Oh, yeah. I said there's nothing that can hide from his presence. Amen. There are no thoughts that he cannot see or hear. Uh-huh. And I submit that God knows when our hope is leaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Like a balloon whose air is seeping out, God knows when our hope is evaporating. And whenever our hope is evaporating, God knows uh, when the cares and the troubles of life get overwhelming to us. He knows when sickness and, uh, and burdens and bills and, and uh, work and become worrisome. And when that becomes worrisome, that is when he sends us a word. I said he sends us a word. Beloved, I have some good news for you. When Just when you think you cannot endure any longer, that's when God steps in. I submit that he steps in because he is the only true source of strength and stamina. I wish I had some help here. I, I submit that he steps in because he is the only true source, I told you, of strength and stamina. Because his power will not uh, dissipate. His power is never diminishing. He's got the same power as when he stepped out onto nothing. And when he said, let that be, he's got the same power. And God knows that uh, we will run out of some steam sometimes. God understands that our strength will leave us. God is aware our strength will grow weary sometimes. He knows we will get tired. He knows that we will stumble. He knows that there will be moments when we will fall. But the good news is God will also send a confirming word. Can I get a witness here? In our text, the Bible says that uh, uh, Paul gets a word from an angel, y'all. That God dispatches an angel and tells him, Paul, I, I know your word. I know the group is word. I know the crew is word. I know the men are upset about the storm. They don't think they're going to make it. But I come by to tell you that not none of them will perish. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go through a tough storm. But God sent a confirming word to say not any of them will perish. Now, he did not say that they ship would not break up. But he did send a confirming word to say that none of them will perish. And in the storm, you will hear many voices. There will be many voices that will desire your attention. There will be many voices that would advertise uh, for you to embrace their sentiments. And some of of them will try to cause you to uh, end up in a storm or either prolong your storm. But there's only one voice that would ever get you out of a storm. And the scripture tells us that the cap- captain listened to the wrong voices. He, yeah. he should have never lost out to begin with, but he did not listen to sound advice. Yeah. And that is why, my brothers and sisters, we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
because it is the Holy Spirit that will help us to sort through all of these voices that are in our heads. And I don't know about you, but I need to discern which of these voices are right. And I also need to know which one of these voices are wrong. Because some of these, my brothers and sisters, sound good. <laughs> they look good. <laughs> they even smell good sometimes. But, but before we set out on the sea of life, the Bible says that these brothers thought that all hope was gone. And God sent a word. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I got to leave you now. But don't be like these men and lose hope. Don't lose hope in your storm. But the word uh, that God sent me to tell you today is keep courage. Have faith in God. And watch God bring you through the storm. He might have to bring you in on broken pieces, but you will make it. You may have to float on a broken plank from your ship, but God, but, but with God, you will make it. Oh, I said you may have to cry sometimes, but you will triumph. But we have to learn how to trust God and his word. Because God always sends a word to strengthen our resolve. God always sends a word to renew our hope. God always sends a word to cause us to see him in a new way. Because smooth seas have never made for a skilled sailor. And that's what God is trying to do to us. He's trying to make us into some skilled sailors. He's trying to make us into strong disciples. He's trying to make us into committed Christians. He's trying to make us into stable siblings. And they made it through the stormy sea. your neighbor and touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can make it through the storm. Oh, you got to encourage your neighbor like they mean it. You, because you don't know how long they've been in the storm and maybe they're on the verge of giving up hope and tell them, say, baby, you can make it through the storm. Because I've discovered that God may not come when you want him. But he will show up. Right on time. And even if you have to float in on broken pieces. Yes, sir. God bless you. That's all right. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to connectingfellowship.org. We are Connecting fellowship, connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you.